a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. The natives in the Amazon worshipped it like a god. With Doug Wright and Steve Sales. The week's big movie review, movie news, trivia, games, and prizes. All on the KSL Movie Show. Here's Doug Wright. This is a man, a handsome, muscular man. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hot is the movie show here at KSL News Radio. Just a little bit late. We wanted to bring you all the updates. Governor Cox called a press conference for this morning, and we were able to hear the pivot, basically, is how it's being referred to. So, of course, throughout the day, KSL News Radio will keep you right up to date on what's unfolding with the COVID situation and any reactions to what the governor had to say this morning and other dignitaries as well. We are broadcasting the movie show today from one of our favorite places. Places on the planet, Stephen, and I, I, I know by the bags we all carried out of here last time that it was a minky Christmas for us all. Oh, I, I have a blanket that I got last year. Yeah, that I still. Well, you still had it wrapped. <laughs> well, actually, I have one. I was trying to figure out who am I going to give this blanket to. I couldn't find anyone worthy. Worthy. Well, what about me? Well, you have like 18 of them, including your dog, so I'm pretty sure you're literally covered. <laughs> literally covered. That was very clever. But I... Uh, so did you find such a special gift. It? I did. You know, did it find a worthy home? It did. Was there weeping involved? There was. Okay, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think it is time to officially, officially open the movie show. So here we go. We've got to have our movie show preview. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. Coming up on today's movie show, the big movie review. Okay, big movie review is going to be Scream. D and I saw that last night. Was there was there a closing thing to it? Because I, D was ready to bolt. I mean, she was just fleeing the scene of the crime. But I was sitting there and I wanted to see if there was an extra scene at the end. And the, know, I, I waited quite a while. I think I remember something, but it wasn't significant. I yeah, because I think I was the last person. And there was a pretty good crowd. We went down, bought our tickets at the uh, Cottonwood Megaplex last night. I, you, I know you went to a different screening. But I think I was the last person to exit, and I thought, oh, whatever it is. Well, I went to know, a fan cares? event, and there was supposed to be a Q&A afterwards. Yeah. I waited like 10 minutes. Most everybody left. There were a couple people that were still there, and I thought, man, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm ready to go home. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't stay if the Q&A actually did eventually did happen. happen. Right. So I missed it. So Scream is the big movie. We'll also be talking Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Yeah, this okay. is Adam Sandler-less yeah, this does not have, although, you know. You don't really miss him. No, you don't really miss him. Uh, it, Drax's voice wasn't quite maybe a little goofball here and there that but we have with But they certainly found somebody that sounds like him. Yeah, he sounded. As a matter of fact, I assumed it was. 
I thought, well, he's a little tamed down this time was all. It, oh, it, you noticed the slight difference, though, huh? Yeah, slightly. But I, but I thought it was Sandler. Oh, yeah. You no. know, I, I really did. And then Bell, Bright Spark, which is a locally produced movie. We're going to talk with uh, one of the filmmakers and actually in the movie uh, himself. This is about the artistic uh, uh, side of uh, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, kind of the culture. Back in the day, I mean, let's just use the term in the day, it was kind of the Mormon culture. And we had these uh, four individuals that the movie primarily focuses on. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. Back it really is. In the 1960s, it was a little bit of uh, almost a, a renaissance in uh, in uh, uh, Mormon depictions and so well, on. Well, they were trying to create something... I, I love that line where he said, they're looking for illustrations, we're looking for art. Art. And he said what a challenge it was. And, and again, we'll talk with the filmmaker. But what a challenge it was to find something that would please the general authorities of the church, yeah. but yet be capable of hanging in a museum of modern art. And boy, that is a, a tough they're, they're, And how did they describe it? Like there is a long bridge between that. Yeah, that's a tough and one. And so, anyway, a fascinating movie. I, um, I really enjoyed this I film. did, too. I really I did. I actually teared up at the end of this Oh, the, there, were, there were some real touching, touching moments. And there's a lot of struggle. You know, creative people are a little unique. And, yeah. you know, whatever it is, whether it's, it's cinema or writers or traditional artists on the stage, whatever it is, there, there's... There's an artistic spirit. You that... know, the thing I really appreciated about it, though, it was, it, it really walked the line. It wasn't anti, no, it wasn't no. pro. No. It was just, here's these artists, here's what they thought. I thought it was not sugar-coated, but it was fair-minded. And they're very candid about the struggles. Yeah. Artistically, struggles with melding their art within the guidelines of the church. Right. And, you know, I, I thought and, it was a really the way, honest conversation. And by know. the way, that's gone on since the beginning of time. Sure. You know, I mean, you you look at the agony and the ecstasy. And boy, it was a Pope Julius, I'm trying to recall. But between the Pope and Michelangelo, there were sparks flying oh, all the yeah. time, you know. Whenever so. you have religious themes and they're trying to make and sure you get it pat- right. And they're your patron. They're yeah. paying. Yeah, that's you right. Know, they, they pay the bill. Yeah. Okay, uh, Peacemaker, we're going to talk about that. Is it Borrego? Borrego, yeah, this oh. is a small little, almost a throwaway movie. One of those Sabin films that okay. that they try to fill screens with. I appreciate what they're trying to do, but well, this may not be the movie. Virginia Pierce, the commission herself, will be joining us is live and in here? color. I oh. think she's going to be right here. I mean, last she time she was minkies. she was weeping over the fact she couldn't be here for the minkies at Christmas time. Yeah. So uh, Virginia Pierce will join us. I mentioned we'd be talking with the filmmaker Nathan uh, Florence will be joining us at about ten forty-five. We'll talk about the film Bright uh, Spark, and of course we've got streaming news, movie news. We've got D's QPWs. I believe she'll be standing by be here in person. And telephone torture, the movie show top ten. It is a plethora of things that we will be doing here on the movie show yeah, today here at KSL. In less time than normal. Well, you know, you're going to have to talk to Governor Cox. Well, I was going to text him. Like, hey, you're going to text yeah. him? Uh-huh. Yeah, COVID bad. Let's go. Sorry. Really? Well. For those who would like to send your hate mail, <laughs> it's you SLs. Okay. okay, it is 9.50 here at KSL News Radio on the movie show in the uh, the cinematic room today, especially here in the state of Utah. But when you figure the influence of Sundance, it's worldwide. 
Holy cow. I know. I so disappointing. Last week in movie news, you know, we're supposed to kind of be a hybrid of virtual and in person. And there was a lot of optimism. And all of a sudden, wham, bam, slam. It was, yeah. well, it's all virtual. I know. I mean, I, I totally understand. And I, I think one of their biggest concerns, you know, set aside just the safety of everyone, is just having, like, what if all, like, staff and volunteers start getting sick and they start losing people? How are they going to run theaters? And right. just logistically, I think it became really a, a mess to try to figure out. But, wow, it was disappointing for sure. You know, it is oh, crazy. Yeah. And, and the arts are particularly vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, last last weekend, and I, I've seen Hamilton before, but we gave tickets to our kids oh, yeah. for Hamilton. And so we, we went last weekend. And we were either the last or the second-to-last performance before they put a hiatus on it. So our other kids that were going to see it this weekend, it's off the board. And they're just going, really? Shoot me. I know. You know? Are they are they just taking a break or something? I think they weeks? are. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, and they've, they've basically told everybody, just hold on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we'll let you know, but the tickets will be honored in some form or fashion or mm-hmm. refunds or whatever. So... Anyway, it's and I can't imagine when you're dealing with all of the bookings, all of the hotels, all of the special rooms that people mm-hmm. book so they can have their seminars, whatever it might be, yeah. the anticipation of the restaurants, the merchants on Main yeah. Street, everything else. I know. Good grief. What a hit for the entire state, but particularly Summit County and mm-hmm. Park City. Yeah, I know. I think it's, it is. It's just... It, I, I don't even know how to put into words how yeah. much of an impact it has. What can you say? And there's nothing you can really. There was a no-win situation. I know, yeah. really, it really was. Yeah, because you don't want to be reckless. You don't want to endanger people. But oh my goodness, this I is know. a tough one. And can you imagine the person that had to make that call? I know. Going, wow. Yeah. Wow. Because everybody and their dog is second guessing it, and so is there any positive fun news that we can talk about coming out of <laughs> well, cinema i mean there's some there will still be some great films that are showing at sundance there is one that was made in utah this summer called summering and that is um brought to us by two producers that have shot here before one that shot brigsby bear here a couple oh, of yeah. years ago yeah. and um directed by james ponsold who's had a couple of films at the festival and a uh, really lovely story, kind of a female stand-by-me, young 13-, 14-year-old girls in the summer find a dead body. And yeah. Chaos mm. ensues. Wow. Uh, but they shot in Midvale and Murray and kind of all along the, the Salt Lake Valley. So yeah. it'll be fun for people to see the locations. It, it really is fun. I love that, watching mm-hmm. you know, the local films. And I go... That's Burton Lumber. I know. <laughs> did that. you see it from yeah. the Hallmark one? I know. I, know. I did. Because at first I was like, wait, is that? Bur- oh, yeah, that's definitely the sign. They just changed the name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was really fun to see. It is fun to see. Uh, and it's fun, too, to drive by and just see all of the trailers and all of uh-huh. the lights and oh, yeah. every the tents that, that are up. And, and it really makes a difference in yeah. a community. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like that quick adrenaline shot. All it of is. a sudden, there's just a lot of activity, a lot of money, and everything else yeah. for a relatively short period of time, yeah. generally. Yeah. Unless it's staged forever, like, you know, touched by an angel or something. <laughs> people like are like, that. oh, they're in our neighborhood oh, again. Oh, they're back again. Exactly. Yeah. What else are you anticipating this year? Anything on the docket? Um, We've got a... a Amazingly enough, we have a Christmas movie filming right now. Really? <laughs> they are, you know, they've backed up their production a year so they can get real snow. This one's actually 
brought uh, produced by Vince Vaughn. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it's got and some great crew. Um, Claire Niederprom, who directed um, Beehive, the Beehive. Oh, uh, once I was once a Beehive. I was a beehive. Yeah. She's a director, so it's fun to see kind of a mix of How local and How did Vince Vaughn get involved in that? He, that? His team brought it to us. I think it's a um, it's a streaming platform. I can't uh, remember which yeah. one. But, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that Christmas movies have really grown in stature and, um, you know, popularity. And so, really, everyone wants to have the next big one. You know, seriously, if you told me this 20 years ago that there would be basically a channel that was just dedicated to mysteries at some time of the year, but basically Christmas for such a lengthy time. I mean, they do it in July. Well, they do and, it at Christmas. Actually, they do like the holiday. Yeah. So then there's the Valentine's and the exactly. fall, you know, the fall harvest film. And they and, know where money is. Come oh, on. Yeah. And I mean, plus, know. you know, and this is going to sound sexist, but you think, wow, you know, women will love that. Oh, no. Guys are watching yeah, it like funny. crazy now. I, I've, I'm a kind of amazed how many guys have said, yeah, well, I used to kind of think it was a joke, but I find myself watching a lot of Hallmark. <laughs> and everybody calls them, whether they're Hallmark or not. They it's call all them, Hallmark. I know. They're all Hallmark it's movies. Become a, it's become a household name. It's like Kleenex. You know, I, I did a thing with Jeff Kaplan at Christmas, and he was asking me about favorite Christmas movies mm-hmm. and so on. And I almost felt a little guilty saying this. I said, one of my favorite movies is George C. Scott in a Hallmark production of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. But that was 1984. Oh, jeez. And it was a big deal. I mean, Hallmark did The Secret Garden, all kind, and they were big productions. Oh, I remember with, that. They didn't have their channel. It no. was like a oh, this is, Sunday night yeah. kind of a network television. And it was a big yeah. deal they when you remember. had a quote-unquote Hallmark, Hallmark movie. Oh, my goodness. What a... What a change we've seen. Exactly. <laughs> Do we have any big Hollywood uh, stuff maybe lurking in the in the outdoors? Um, we have. We're actually uh, putting together a pretty big scout right now. That yeah. We're, they're looking mostly southern Utah, kind of some unexpected places, and uh, they're scouting in the next couple of weeks. So really? Keeping my fingers pro- crossed. What kind of I can't. Movie? I, I can't say, Doug. You can't say. <laughs> you can make a guess, southern uh, Utah. Uh, Western, maybe? I mean, I'm not going to. My lips are sealed. Is Taylor Sheridan doing yet another spinoff of <laughs> oh, Yellowstone called sealed. Eureka? Can we get him back to Utah, please? <laughs> See, why doesn't he go into the mining venue and it's oh, I'm sure that Yellowstone, eighteen eighty three. I was just gonna say, give him time. Helen Highwater, Wind River. I haven't Eureka. been watching eighteen eighty three. Is it good? Have you guys watched it? You know, it's the first three episodes. I've I've seen one, and uh, I I would watch the others, but you know, I I don't know. I just I've just had other higher priorities, and I I, I liked the first one, but didn't love it. It's so gritty. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, it's very gritty. I mean, you know, there there are lots of scenes that are really tough, and you know, I think he really wants to make the point that it was really rough to live rough back, back in those then. days. Right. I mean, somebody you know squatting in a bush or something, and a snake bites them; they're dead. Yeah. Wagon wow. wheel runs over a guy; he's dead. Yeah. I mean, it was How like, many people they kill off. I mean, it was a episode. montage of death, and it's it's a rough world for women. Oh, in yeah. that era with Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. It's it's almost like he's going, uh, you know, kind of last dual grit in the Old West. Oh, and wow. Tarantino has done that, and others mm-hmm. have done it. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, Hell on Wheels, you know, mm-hmm. was in that category there, yeah. too. But yeah, you mean Hell on High Water? No, Hell, Hell on oh, Wheels. Oh, you mean the the uh, railroad about the making one. of yeah. the railroad? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm not hearing anything about Eureka then, even with all the hints I dropped. I I keep pushing it, but. <laughs> How we do hard have are you pushing that? <laughs> hey, we got to talk about the legislature. Anything anticipated? The legislature kicks off here very soon. Yeah, next week. <clears throat> right on on Tuesday, and so uh, what? What are kind of the hopes? And you know, a lot of lobbying from a lot of people goes yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, there's a new. There's a lot of interest in helping out rural Utah, as as you know. Right. You know, we've talked about that, and for film. As you were just saying, it's it's kind of a quick infusion shot in the arm for communities. It's a it's money spent almost immediately when they get in, in a lot of different areas, and construction, and lodging, and meals, and uh, and so there's a new rural Utah film coalition that some legislators and county commissioners and mayors have put together, and looking at how do we support more film in rural Utah. Right. So there, there is um, some interest in that. There's a bill being pushed by Senator Winterton, mm. and he's been a, a big supporter of film, again, right. in rural Utah. So he's got a bill going. What about incentive monies? Uh, anything so that would support. That would be tar- mm-hmm. but, but targeted at that. Targeted, um, yeah, targeted funding for filming in rural areas right, right. as an incentive. Virginia, it's always so much fun to chat yes. with you, and it'll be interesting to see. what What is the ultimate hope, do you believe, you know, kind of looking uh, as someone who is so affected by Sundance but not right in making it happen every day? What What is the hope from the Film Commission, from the state of Utah, that this year's Sundance will ultimately be? When the dust all settles here, people are looking back over their shoulder. What would be the best-case scenario? I mean, we try to tell the we try to tell the Utah story. We did this last year too, and you know, don't forget that this film has a a history, a long history, and a base in Utah, and this is where it really grew up. And we'd love to see you back next year. So yeah, just exactly. Keep trying to tell that story. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the mode we're in. You know, yeah. to, to, hey, next year. I know. We, we thought it'd be that. last year. It would oh. be this year. Like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Whoever thought Groundhog Year. Whoever thought we're almost at the two-year mark, uh, but yeah. we're past the two-year mark from you know because it's really November when everybody started mm-hmm. really getting concerned. Where is this going to go? I didn't get concerned until March. I was late. March was March was the one. <laughs> That's when we started doing the movie show on on you know yeah. in in my house and everything else. And yeah, who thought we'd still kind of. You know, be in the fray, at least to this degree. Mm -hmm. Virginia, thanks so much. So good to see you. For dropping by. Hey, and we're going to figure out a way to do this. I'm going to kind of throw our guys back in the station. You've got some... uh, I've got some tickets to give away. So why don't we figure that out? We'll maybe post on social media somewhere and it would just be a an email we'd need from the winners what i what i'm th- should we give away like how many pair we could give away like two pair to two screenings so. perfect perfect how many is that Four, two pairs. <laughs> <laughs> He's that the math major. Like eight tickets. <laughs> eight tickets. And, yes. But but four winners. Four winners. Four winners. Well, actually, it's not physical tickets. Right. So right. And so eight winners. Okay, so you just need a link for your so for your house. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna Gustavo and Ty and all the crew back in the They're station. Like, what? 
yeah, I'm, I'm making uh, the executive decision on this one. But let's go ahead and take uh, four phone calls. We will get their email, and then we will forward it to you. Okay, perfect. Okay, that yes. work? Great. All right, so the next four callers at KSL Talk, 575-8255, and we will make sure that you get... Uh, we'll, and they're great movies. And then you will contact great. these individuals. And then we'll, yep, we'll contact them and let okay. them know the details. So KSL will collect them. We will forward them to the Film Commission, and the Film Commission will send you the links. Yes. Oh, this is never going to work. It will, it will totally work. Just I because have you're a total inept person at this geekish type stuff. Well, we went from eight to four, so I'm just a little. Well, eight tickets, but we're giving away in pairs. Yeah, but it's a it's, it's a, a code. screening. It's a in-house. So it's like one. Well, now that that is an interesting point. Should we should we do it because you know people want to watch it with a friend, though, won't they? I know, but you but only you, know, you, you don't want to worry about it. Together. Okay, we'll take eight calls. There we go. And pretty soon it's going to be even higher than that. Yeah, I keep thinking of tangible tickets. If eight people are listening, <laughs> you <laughs> you have a good chance. Did I hear you say if eight people are listening? Eight. Right. Yeah, let's take eight calls. We'll gather eight email. We will send that to the film commission. The film commission will then contact the eight email and we'll give them the code. Perfect. To watch a movie called The Mission. Tell us about that real quick. One, four for summering and four for the mission. Okay, four for summering, four for the mission. So we talked about summering. That's the Made in Utah. And the mission is actually based on four LDS missionaries in Finland. Okay. And it's a documentary, and it's just about, you know, the joys and highs and lows and okay. um, experience of being a missionary. So maybe what we'll do is for the first, you know, until one is gone, we'll let you have your choice. Yes. But as soon sure. as we hit the the four on the mission or the four on the summering. summering, then we'll default to the other. Yes. Have we made this clear absolutely <laughs> clear as possible? And see, we can do that out here in the field. Yes. And then the guys in the station and, and your office have to deal with it. Perfectly capable. Yeah. Have faith. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met our guys? <laughs> They're no. worse than us. No, that's not true. So rude. <laughs> oh, we're Some getting... of them are standing right here. Well, I'm not talking about these guys. I'm talking oh, about right. the guys back in the station <laughs> in the protected cocoon of Got KSL it. itself. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Virginia, so thanks so much. Oh, yeah. it's good to see you. All and right. by the way, we're going to be talking with a friend of yours, uh, Nathan Florence. <gasps> Uh, when, he'll be he'll be joining us here in about twenty minutes. Oh, good! And we'll talk Love about him. his uh, new film called yeah. Bright Spark. So good about kind of artistic folks within the LDS community. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. very interesting. All right, let's take a brief respite. We'll be right back with more of the movie show here at KSL News Radio. The movie show. I can see what you're trying to put off, but I can see that it's just to keep people away from you. It's a mask. Did you tell me the truth? No, probably not. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Lisa, you're witnessing a very rare thing. One of our great movie show listeners and great patron of your store. Yes. Who just acquired all kinds of yes. cool things. Yes. He was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to do the movie show top 10 while he was here. As was I. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just disappointed in general. 
<laughs> but uh, so I think we're going to have to accommodate it here. In a I love it. Let's do it. Have you ever witnessed it before? You know, live and in color this close? No, I'm, I'm feeling pretty lucky here. <laughs> Might want to get a drop cloth. So <laughs> did you see the Hindenburg? <laughs> You ever seen the movie Titanic, the very end? Well, anyway, it doesn't go well. <laughs> no, it goes very well. <laughs> He's brutal. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the look at him scuttle off for the movie show. I don't scuttle. <clears throat> Top. Look at the anticipation. I've never had the studio I can't wait before. for the disappointment. The movie show top <gasps> ten. Hello. <laughs> Look at me. There's I'm something in the body language over there. I'm not quite sure what that means. I think it's incredulity. He had his arms folded and... A stoic look on his now face. Now he's on the floor, twitching. Even, even though he's, he's got, boy, am I glad I'm wearing a mask. I was probably projecting quite a bit here. What do you think? It was beautiful, wasn't it? I thought it was exceptional. Exceptional <laughs> is the word that I was looking for, too. So it is time for the Movie Show Top Ten, now witnessed and anticipated by some. We're really s- doing this, huh? You're sidling back. Oh, yeah, we're really doing it. Okay. We're really doing it. Sponsored, of course, by Call Climate Services. They're neighbors of yours just down the road in Centerville. So here we go. Number 10 movie is The House of Gucci. It's made $50 million now. Uh, another 77 foreign, so it's at 127. Licorice Pizza, uh, 8.2 million in its seven weeks of limited release. Yeah, not much more foreign. Ghostbusters, 125 million. That's respectable. Another 66. Yeah. It's about to go over 200 million. West Side Story. This has been the big disappointment for me. Uh, this is a great movie. My mother would say it is a grand movie. It's epic. It, it is truly a beautiful movie. West Side Story, and boy, you know, if if you are just looking for a great, great movie to go see for Valentine's Day. Oh, there you go. With someone you love, this is it. West it's Side like Story. like gang fighting to bring home the love. <laughs> the Matrix Resurrections in three weeks has made about $34 million. Another 94. And by the way, yes, uh, Matrix is coming back to theaters. Wait, no, Dune and Venom. Sorry, never mind. Okay, never mind what Steve just said. American Underdog that had kind of a sputtering start too. It opened, then it was you know, then it was back. Yeah, it opened for that that weekend before Christmas, and right. then eighteen point seven million. Yeah, nothing foreign there. The King's Man twenty five million. Both Steve and I had problems with this movie. I don't think I disliked it as much as you did, but this is a deeply flawed movie. I hated this movie. Uh, the 355, uh, boy, this movie crashed and burned. I was reading several articles about this. People just did not embrace this gaggle of g- great female stars who really can kick it. Yeah. But, oh, my goodness, it just it, didn't make a, a lot of they sense. They need a script. You know, somewhere in between all the action or at least tying the action together, you really ought to have a script. Or at least make it something unusual that we haven't seen a thousand times yeah. before. Sing 2 has made about $110 million domestically. This now, is a good this little is, movie. 
Another 82 foreign. This one's also about to go over 200 million. And Spider-Man is still killing it. Made over uh, 32 million dollars just over this past weekend. It's at about 670 million dollars. Well over a billion now. What is it? 1.3, 1.4. Well, as of yesterday, it's 674 domestic, 869 foreign. We're at 1.542. Wow. It is the eighth biggest movie worldwide. Worldwide. And yeah. is number five domestic, about to go number four after this weekend. And both Steve and I are speculating, and even though I wasn't the big biggest fan, and we will get to the review of Scream in just a, a few moments, but uh, Spider-Man will most likely be unseated this next this weekend. But, uh, boy, Spider-Man has just been sitting there top dog for four weeks, and it's just killing it at the box office. And still no word on China whether know, they're going to open it or know. not. They're still grousing. They're grousing. Whatever. We're not happy. All right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with filmmaker uh, Nathan Florence about his film called Bright Spark. That's all here on the movie show at KSL News Radio. And now, the big movie review. Doug and Steve tell you exactly what they think of the biggest release of the week. Okay, the big movie of the week is Scream. And let's get a little sound from that film. There's certain rules to surviving. Believe me, I know. They always come back. The killer is a part of something in the past. This one just feels different. You're all in danger. Sydney. I've seen this movie before. Not this movie. You said we were going to finish this. Go finish it, Sydney. Hmm. Okay, Steve, I'll let you do the setup because you like this movie more than I did. 25 years ago and 25 days ago uh-huh. was the original Scream done by Wes Craven. Yep. He did the next three or four and passed away in 2015. So the thought was, without Wes, it's pretty hard to do one of these Scream movies. But they found a couple guys that were really reverential. They love Wes Craven's work, and they wanted to resurrect this. And so the the led, the legacy cast of... Uh, David Arquette, uh, Courtney Cox, Nev and Nev Campbell all agreed to right. come back, knowing full well that you know they wanted to pay tribute to Wes Craven. So, I think if you haven't if you haven't seen the screen movies in the past, these films are they were sort of a way to kind of make fun of Halloween and all the weird things that happen in horror films, and this one is no exception. And so. You have the ghost face, and you know the whole point is, who he's come back to West, uh, Westboro, and he's going to kill people. But who is it? And the red herrings are flying everywhere, and and people are saying, oh, you know, you should probably die. And you're like, oh, it must be him or her, or whatever. So that's the whole point of this movie is just to keep you guessing about who's being. Well, we know who's being killed, but then you think, wait, I had him picked as the killer, and he's dead. How's that work? So. That's the point of these films, and I get that. I'm not a huge fan of these movies. I don't really like knife stabbings, yeah. which is what this is, although there's a lot of gunplay in this movie. Yeah, I was surprised at that, too, because it, it becomes, uh, you know, gunfight of the OK Corral. Yeah, I mean, even, like, the bad guy oh, is, yeah, has a yeah. gun. I'm like, wait a minute, your deal is nice. So what's what's your grade on this one? Well, it's a B-. minus. I Oh, OK. That's, that's Yeah, not, no, it's not. This is not yeah. a great cinema, but it is. It's respectful. And yeah. it is in that genre. That yeah, we, we talk about fan service, and this is almost overkill fan service, in my opinion. And you know, I th- there are things that just bug me. For example, you, and the the ghost 
has this nasty knife. I mean, it's not just a regular garden variety, you know, because they always pull the knife out of the the little container on the kitchen, and it sounds like you're pulling out a sword. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a much nastier knife than that. It has the twist at the end. And when one of the individuals in this movie can take it right in the gut with a lift twist, and then walk around through the rest of the movie, <laughs> just absolutely. Just put a Band-Aid on it just kills me and we have one person in the movie this kind of kicks off the movie who is stabbed seven times and she ends up you know being alive which is shocking but you know but oh my well, again, goodness that's a play off of the original one uh, with uh, drew barrymore where she's home alone and the phone rings and he asks her what oh, her exactly. movie is and 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 we have a couple of those in this movie that's what bugged me there it's like they're going to ram dam slam everything into this over and over and explain it to you about 14 different times the other thing too is the 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 rules you know and and that was a funny bit in some of the movies because they talk about the rules yeah well, in this one, they not only talk about the rules, but they elaborate on the rules. They reinforce the rules, and they repeat the rules, and they do everything but print them and put them up in the town newspaper and on, on billboards. Yeah. And But, again, that's what people expect from oh, these films. But not, not to this point, because it dumbs it down so much. And I think that's what disappointed me. And then, after someone... So clearly, and several times the rules are laid out here, including Dewey himself... Lays out the rules, bam, right off the top of the thing. Every single rule, of course, is violated. Yeah. And then sometimes in the, the stab movies or in the scream movies, and even some of the, the mock of, of the scream movies, you, you see a, a, a situation where you go, okay, I thought that guy might be the ghost, but it's not because the ghost just killed somebody behind him. Right. Well, you know, we forget that it's a tag team situation. Can be. Can be a tag team situation. And here is the ultimate. You know, here on the movie show, we call them propane moments that just do not make any sense. Because you have to you have to hang plausibility up on the wall. I mean, You know, this grief. is a silly slasher film. Exactly. Well, it's not so silly. I mean, it takes itself, I think, way too seriously in this movie. I think the other ones were sillier, to tell you the truth. But this one, in order to make it even halfway plausible, why everything and everybody is being short of resurrected in, in this film. <laughs> but we, we have the situation where this little young girl is in the hospital. She's had seven knife wounds. Serious. And we saw them. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, my goodness. That would have killed almost any mortal on the face of the planet. But then when they realize that she might be in danger, what do they do? We'll put her on the second floor, which is not in use. <laughs> so here we are in a big hospital. Because remember... It's the regional hospital. This isn't some little backwater hospital in some little rinky-dink town. This is the regional hospital. There's one entire floor. And when this little girl again becomes targeted and is in peril, the one person on the second floor who is watching out is gurgling in the corner after being slashed. It only takes one slash to kill an adult, usually in the movie. Although, for the main stains, well, it requires multiple stab wounds and gun wounds, and they're still walking around. It's, it's like the Night of the Living Dead. But So 
the power goes out on the second floor. There is nobody there. A major hospital, big power outage on an entire floor. One little girl is up there. And you're overthinking this. And I'm going, oh, kill me. Just it's kill suspense. Me. It's suspense. It's disbelief. ludicrous. Well, of course it is. That's and if it had been are. meant to be funny, that would be different. Well, it's not a campy movie. This is but... like a two-star movie. But it'll kill it in the box office. Although I was really surprised. The crowd that we were with last night at the Megaplex Theater at Cottonwood, they just, you know, they just, they just got up and went out. They weren't standing around. And there was some hilarious laughter, like, I can't believe we're seeing this. But they got up and went out. But I'll tell you, I really, this will be the number one movie next week. Oh, but, yeah, no question. But I, I and D, D hated it. And uh, so, anyway. But we are not the target demographic. That is true. That is absolutely true. So there you have it. And uh, for so ignore Doug. Scream fans, you can send your hate mail to D. Wright and He's in the middle of kids okay. get off my lawn. No, no, no. This, this is, you know, I don't mind a movie that spoofs itself. I don't mind a movie that asks you. But, I mean, this was ludicrous. No. I mean, you've got to admit. If somebody came up and stuck you in the gut, twisted it and lifted it, do you think it would? Do, would you be up walking around? I'd be in pain. You would be in pain. Yes. All right. Speaking of being in pain, the movie show will continue here on the program today. The movie show. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Well, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's 11.08 here at KSL News Radio, the infamous movie show. We're originating today from Layton, Utah, and we are at Minky Couture, which is the epicenter for Valentine's. Whenever I think of special events, you know, whether it's a Mother's Day gift or whether it's something for Christmas or Valentine's Day, those are specific holidays. Then we all have the individual holidays for anniversaries and birthdays and so on. But for Valentine's Day, this is the place. It is 11:11 at KSL, and we are very pleased to have uh, a, a person who has put together an amazing documentary, an artist in his own right, certainly. And this is called Bright Spark. We have Nathan Florence. We were mentioning this earlier with uh, the commission herself. Virginia Pierce, who was here with us, and she is a, a big fan of uh, of Nathan's. Welcome to the movie show. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Doug. It is an, an honor to be talking with you today. Well, I'll wow. tell you, both both Steve and I have seen this movie, and I, I have to tell you, I was deeply touched by this, this film. I, I had a, a beloved, he's actually a cousin, but to me he was an uncle, a beloved uncle who taught art uh, for many, many years in, in many different ways, but primarily at South High School and then Highland High School for years and years but also at the uh, the, the Pioneer um, Craft House. And uh, he, he did several rather prominent paintings that are... Is that uh, your Uncle Frank? No, this was my Uncle Jack. Oh, Jack. And uh, one of them is, is up at the uh, Daughters of the Utah Pioneer Museum. And, oh. and I, I saw so much of my Uncle Jack in this film, as you portrayed, focused on four artists, one in particular, who in the early 1960s, interestingly, all came together and really worked 
to bring fine and high art into the Latter-day Saint culture. Tell us about what was unfolding in the early 1960s and at BYU and in Alpine, Utah. Yeah, it was really a magical time. And as as you're saying, it it opened the doors for, for people, uh, the artists who came after them. But, you know, this group of artists, Trevor Southey, Dennis Smith, Gary Ernest Smith, and Neil Hadlock, and among others, met at BYU and discovered this uh, passion that, uh, and and not only for art, but for the church, and to try to figure out how to uh, create, as, as Trevor puts it, how to create sort of a Mormon Vatican. You know, he had come from Africa and on his way had stopped to to Utah, had stopped at the Vatican and was just overwhelmed by this beautiful religious and spiritual art that he saw and he he really felt that this was his calling and that if and if he could galvanize this other young group of artists that they could do you know with with his sort of newly converted fervor for the church that he you know, why not? Why couldn't they create this same sort of incredible beauty and a, and a destination uh, in Salt Lake? How these uh, individuals fed off each other, how they promoted one another, how they would argue with one another, I thought was, was right. a fascinating story in and of itself and how they each had such unique and interesting artistic gifts to you know, yes, just very, modern very art type sculpture, right. yeah, and right. traditional oils and and everything in between. There was one phrase that was used, and interestingly enough, even even in my business, this has been used over the years. That you know, creative people have trouble with conformity. They truly do. They <laughs> yes, have a do. vision. Yes, we do. They have a passion. And I don't care if it's in cinema, if it's in radio and television. I don't care if it's in music or traditional art, sculpture, whatever. These people that see the world with such a unique vision have a hard time coloring inside the lines. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I think, uh, you know, I-, I love that you put it into all of those different categories um and that's actually one of the things that uh, i mean this the the film i hope also sort of breaks out of those categories um in in an interesting way and i'm i i jumped to that from your thought because um we you know we we wanted this story to resonate with people who who weren't necessarily artists and 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 weren't as fortunate as you to have maybe an artist in the family but, you know, so some of the first audiences we ever showed this to were, um, you know, we showed it to a group of, of uh, filmmakers in Seattle who had, you know, no connections to, you know, this area or to the church and were super excited at the reaction that they didn't feel like it, it was necessarily either just an art story or just a Mormon story. And so that was yeah. pretty exciting. You know, Steve and I were talking about this a little earlier, too, because we've we've seen it in the movie, read it in the book, Agony and the Ecstasy. Boy, I'll tell you, sparks flew between the Pope and Michelangelo 
all the time right. over what the vision was right. and what it was supposed to be. And when someone ends up being your, in the old days, it was patron. In this day and age, sure. it would be kind of your employer. You know, in other words, the person sure. writing out the, the check. That's always been a challenge. There, there was an interesting statement, too, that I, I actually jotted down. The contradictions, all of these, well, you know, the four primarily that we're talking about, but I would include you in this, too. Contradictions between my art and my faith and trying to reconcile that. I, I think that that is an incredible challenge because, as uh, one person said, and I can't remember which one of the artists, to create something that would be accepted by the, in this case, general authorities and right. be able to display that also in a museum of modern art, that is quite a stretch. That's a big, long bridge. Yes, and that's Dennis Smith who talks about that. That that was one of the things that they that they struggled with. <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, but I think you know. I, and you're right. That is that will always be um, a struggle. You know, to try to figure out how to, you know, take. I mean, especially as for me as a young artist growing up, when I was trying to figure out, okay. It, the sort of that creative impulse, as you mentioned, really involves a lot of looking at things in different ways, pulling things apart and looking at them, you know, what, what happens if I do this? And, and it, can be, it can be tricky to reconcile that with uh, a spiritual tradition or a, a church that is, you know, wants clear answers and wants to make sure that people are, are making good decisions. And not that they can't coexist, <laughs> right? Right, right. But it can, right. it's it's definitely it definitely gives a, is a really fertile ground for exploration and for for creativity. And as you say, the the spark flying in that space um, yeah. really can really um, you know I, I I talked about it this way with with Matt, who is my co-director in this and is a brilliant storyteller. And we talked about the, the case that, you know, pure religion, that can be very didactic and very, um, just, you know, very specific and it fits in with, with, with some people. Pure art on the other hand can be very intellectual. It can be very off-putting. You might, Mm -hmm. you know, most people might look at it and say, this does nothing for me. But but where yeah. those two meet, and where that friction point happens, where there is true um, exploration, that's really I think where we get the art that stands the test of time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you think back, I, I love that you're bringing you know Michelangelo into it. But if you look at you know some of Van Gogh's paintings, you get that same sort of thing. He has a whole series of paintings about about the church and his sort of wrestling with his own questions. And so, yeah, I think it's those questions and that friction point that really, you know, does engage that or create those, those creative sparks. 
I think that's what I so appreciated about this movie, because even though this deals with the LDS community, it deals with artists within that community dealing with the church and the authorities of the church. You know, we've already referred to several other examples, but that happens in private business as well. I recall, you know, the depiction, and this was in the movie Frida, of the Rockefellers being so taken by the work of Diego Rivera that they bring him yeah. to New York. They want his art in Rockefeller <laughs> Center. And, you know, he's up there and he's doing his thing, and it isn't exactly what old man Rockefeller wants. They pay him off and they jackhammer it out. And so this is an ongoing thing. This is nothing exclusive to the uh, to the <laughs> LDS right. culture. But this story set within the LDS culture was so interesting to me uh how can people see this movie I understand is it at the megaplex theaters it is now? in all yeah. of them yeah it's it's in theaters it right now and what what are your hopes for this film well i i appreciate that question because you know as an as an artist it's always a uh, an amazing thing uh to to sort of chip away at something or or for me my background i'm, I'm really an oil painter and so to to work away at a painting, you know, alone in a studio is one thing, but true, but to, to have it engage, to, to have other people engage with it and respond to it is really when it, uh, the magic happens and it comes to life. And, you know, as again, as Matt and I talked about this over the years, what we our our ongoing really mantra as we created the film was, that we wanted the film to start conversations and not end conversations. We wanted it to, to really give people from really diverse um, understandings and places in their faith and places in their own creative process a handhold and, and someone in the story that they could identify with. And so I think our, my fondest hope is that starts conversations that that people might watch it and and want to talk to a friend or family member about some of the ideas that they have encountered here you know awaken that so there are so many different and interesting aspects Uh, we could talk for hours about this film the work that went into it 10 years of your life just fascinating but one thing I didn't want to let let go, I mean, you had a real up-close and a personal uh, opportunity with all of these individuals, but particularly with Trevor, to the point where he had the one commission that, you know, he had yet to complete. You helped him right. and assisted him in that just as as he was literally dying. And just yeah. very quickly, what was, that, what was that experience like for you? It was, it was... I mean, it's, it's very difficult to describe. And when we it, when we filmed it, we didn't actually think that it was going to be a part of the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was. It, there's a little bit of audio that's captured in the film, actually. But this idea that you could admire—I mean, I had admired his paintings my whole life—and suddenly there I am, painting on the paintings with him, <clears throat> you know, as his assistant, and. It was, it was, first of all, com- terribly daunting, you know, to 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 be right there and working with him, but but because I had gotten to know him beforehand, there was a, a 
it's it's an overwhelming sense of trust to be to be able to be um, in that position as a co-creator, um, which which for an overarching theme for me with with the whole film and that moment really symbolizes that. But you know, you it's it, it's interesting to tell maybe someone's story historically if you're going back and and you're depicting someone in a documentary or something. But to be trusted to tell the stories of people who are, you know, walking around with us to be and have yeah, them yeah. allow you to to put them onto a giant screen in front of strangers and friends, even more daunting. And to have that story told is is a is a is a, a, the sense of trust um, that I've felt in that from from working with Trevor on these paintings to even the, the sort of the broader canvas, there's sort of a, a canvas silver screen crossover here. Right. But to be yeah. able to, and I felt, so I felt that trust on both sides. And I, I think it's, it's hard to overstate the honor that that is from another person, you know, to be trusted you know, with their story. I, I love, too, that we saw so much of their art. We saw art that we've seen in the various magazines. We've seen art that we've seen in Nauvoo. We've seen art that we've seen in more traditional, you know, art environments. But uh, within oh, little the little girl yes. flying, that oh, sculpture, I've some of these, everywhere. Some of these are absolutely iconic from all four right? of the artists yeah, and it's so that, fun. that you focus. It's so fun for and, people to, yeah. That's great. And to see, and the circle of their characters, too, dealing with family problems, dealing with, with questions sure. of sexuality, dealing with, with crises of faith. And what an, what an amazing movie. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And, Nathan, I wish we had more time to talk. But I thank you for being part of the movie show today, and I really appreciate what you've put together. And it really resonated. I, I saw little bits and pieces of the artistic people in my family uh, in this movie that touched me deeply. I'll tell you what got to me, Nathan, was that the, you didn't sugarcoat anything, but you were fair-minded about how you approached both people that were are LDS and aren't LDS, and I thought that was brilliantly handled. Yeah, very well done. Well, Nathan, I'm, thank I'm you. I'm tremendously honored by that, tremendously honored. So thank you. Thanks for this opportunity to talk, and so look forward well, to it, a future conversation. It's a wonderful watch, and this isn't just for the LDS community. No. This is about artists. This is about their passions, their loves, their struggles. This, this is a, a wonderful movie. It is 1127 here at KSL. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. That was Nathan Florence, filmmaker and artist that we just chatted with here on the movie show. And the movie was? Uh, the movie is called Bright Spark. The Movie Show. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We've got our review of Hotel Transylvania coming up in just a second. We wanted to check in again with our friends at Minky Couture and this great deal. Doug, 50, 50% off regularly priced blankets right now in all of your stores and online. Yes, that is correct. For all of our wonderful movie show listeners out there, we've got a great deal for you. So come in stores and see us. 
And this deal is good online as well, Doug50. But the advantage of getting into the store right now is you can enter to win a Minky Blanket. Yes, we have an in-store giveaway. Uh, you can come and just enter real quick. And it's for a free adult um, blanket of your choice from our new Valentine collection. And boy, I'll tell you, you have got this place just jam-packed in that new collection. I'm seeing a lot of guys running in here taking care of Valentine's Day in one fell swoop today. And yep. boy, who wouldn't when it's, <laughs> first of all, so easy. Second of all, you're saving 50%. And when you come into the store this weekend, you'll be uh, registered to win a minky blanket. Yes. Yeah. That is great. It's wonderful. And all of our designs here, you know, our new uh, Valentine's collections are exclusive designs that you'll only find at Minky Couture. So it really is a unique gift to share and show your love this Valentine's this Day. This is a gift that everybody loves. Yes. Uh, any age, any, I mean, tweens love it, teens love it, little kids love it, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, everybody. Well, and we just had a gentleman walk in and he said, I'm looking for my dog. So even your pets want exactly. a minky. So any. <laughs> I want you to know that Dagmar and Junebug have been taken well care of in our family. Minky Couture, all of the stores participating, of course, online, minkycouture.com. And just remember that promo code, it's Doug50, and you save 50%. All right, let's get a little sound from Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Is everything okay down here? Hey, Drac, what's up? I used Van Helsing's transforming ring. You're human, Drac. Dad? Oh, no. I have a total dad bod. There is a place deep in the Amazon. Only there can the transformations be reversed. If we don't fix you guys soon, you'll be like this forever. Okay. I think we can handle this fairly quickly. Drac yeah. is thinking that the time has come. He needs to turn the hotel over, which is, of course, a mecca, just a wonderful place for monsters to, to hang out and be accepted. And it's been around 125 years, I think. That is correct. And it's time to pass it on to his daughter. The only thing that's causing a little heartburn is her squirrely boyfriend, husband. And, oh, gosh, Drac's having a hard time with that. And so when, he makes up an excuse why so he can't he, give it to him. Yeah, and because the the, the kid is kind of responsible human. for the celebration oh, and Drax's birthday. Oh my goodness! And Drax just so put off, and so he finally decides, well, I'm going to put it off. Makes up this lame excuse. So the kid goes down. He runs into Van Helsing, and he figures the only reason that my sweet, you know, the love of my life is not getting the hotel is because I'm not a monster. Yeah. Van Helsing tells him, you can be a monster. I have their way to make this We have happen. our ways with the ray. And you can actually turn a monster back into a human or whatever they were, and you can turn a human into a monster. If the crystal will work. If the crystal will work. But Van Helsing has not really thought this through and done the due diligence because there's a chance when you're turned into a monster, you might not be able to come back, and it might just get worse and worse and worse and oh, worse. Oh, yeah, there is a time limit. Yeah, as we find out with his little guinea pig, and we find out with Drax's son-in-law. So, of course, what they have to do, they have to go on a road trip to get a new crystal to of course. re-energize the radio. I'm like, oh, please. Yeah, yeah, you know. They promise this is the last one. Yeah, I hope so. This is what it is, you know. I mean, the kids will like it. It has some interesting visuals, I suppose, but not exactly my cup of tea. What's your grade on Hotel Transylvania? C plus. It's yeah. just too derivative. And yeah. When they got to the road trip, I was done. I know. We're on the same page on this. Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Okay. Blah. 
Blah, only on Amazon. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, only Amazon on Amazon. Prime, yeah. All right. We still have a couple of other movies to talk about, uh, but we'll get to those in just a moment. Uh, Dee is here with the uh, quirky picks of the week. And, Dee, we're going to bypass the opening, which I know is a cardinal sin, but we're wow. a little short on She's time. actually grateful. <laughs> She's actually going, thank you, thank you. What have you got for us this week? Well, I do have a kind of a funny one following our attendance of the performance of Hamilton, which we were grateful to be the last group yeah. to get there. I've kind of subjected Doug to Diana the Musical. Oh, Diana the Musical. Have you heard of it? It's on Netflix. Let me give you some background. It's not bad, okay? So it, She's it, already pointing fingers. <laughs> I'm pointing fingers. Diana the Musical? Diana yep. the Musical, and it is about, yes, Princess Diana. It went into Broadway in 2021, and they recorded this right before it went on. Uh, 2020, wasn't it? No, it's 2021, with the, I think. With the pandemic? Yeah, oh, okay. I think it was. And so it's a little bit like the Hamilton with the original cast. It's, it's very well done on stage. It played just a little while, then ended up going off as it went into Christmas, and then they put it back on for just a few a few times, and then it went off again. So it played like 33 times, but it it is... Such an odd premise, and you know it's not going to have a happy ending. You, you know? mentioned it's a little bit like Evita. But it reminded me a little bit of, of Evita. It's kind of hmm. a stream of subconsciousness. It's very it's clever. It's all about the music, though. The songs were? The songs were nice. The songs were nice. There was one that was called A, a Pretty Girl That She Sings, and, and it was... I'm kind of a Diana, you know, nut. I've I was watched say, a lot of things. I rarely question Dee because she is an aficionado, a dacent take her on of the royals and the royals and and it it follows uh, the attitudes and her evolution and so i mean if you like the royal history if you're interested in that genre of diana-ness this one would be for you but otherwise and we don't want to give away the ending you're not looking at me are you no i'm not looking at you but i i will tell you it's it's, waiting for prince andrew the musical oh gosh (laughs) no don't even go there (laughs) yeah the musical okay well then we also tried in your honor dexter yeah i mentioned to steve off the air that i may continue on with that but right now honestly a little reluctantly but i think these I could see the uniqueness. I could see. Yeah. I could see the the charm, maybe, of him. There are apparently boundaries and morals for even a sociopath. Yeah, he has a code. He will not. These are not innocent people. He's taken out. These are people that are right. bad, bad, bad people. Bad, bad people. Right. Boy, we learned that with the first guy. That he because I'm still on season one, episode one. And well, so wait till you get to the John Lithgow era. Well, and it had yeah. such a following and such a good cast. So it's it's hard to to discount maybe our personal lack of proclivity towards that but anyway yeah. we might get to it we may or we may not so that's that's the big news from our house we uh, did enjoy the stepford wives the 2000 we watched that i hadn't seen it for a while and you know you the movie kinda, yeah the movie yeah. with nicole kidman the remake yes, of yes, the movie yes, yes. the first Which one was is, more of a horror movie this yeah. one is not yeah. yeah this one was more of a comedy we kind of enjoyed it but anyway that's you know that's the big aren't news. you gonna tell everybody that you dragged me down the emily in paris path you know i have it in my notes but i'm kicking a, and screaming i'm a little embarrassed it's there there was one episode that was whoa. I think we shouldn't. I think we're not the right demographic. And yeah. did it get Oof. a little sassy? Or Ooh. Well, it's yeah. it's you know a, a friend of Emily's takes her to the steam bath to meet her friends. Whoa! Yeah, well, and it boy, was... do we meet her friends? <laughs> Sans clothing. I'm wow. Guessing. Well, Emily goes. Can I have a robe? But, but the fashions, aside from that, aside from the no clothes in that, the fashions are fabulous. Kind of. <laughs> Too like, fabulous for me, yeah, but okay. have you caught well, up with and and just like I, that? I'm on top of it. Yes, I am. I, She's working on it, and just like that. As no, we I, speak. I, I'm I'm caught up. Oh, not today's, yeah. not today's. Okay, I've liked it though. 
All right. It's, it's got some yeah, sass to I think, it. I think yeah. it's, I've liked it. Anyway. Your, your purple theme I bear, I, is, I'm, on my, I'm on my way to Pilates. Is that purple a new theme? It may not match. I don't know. No, it, it does. <laughs> I'm doing it looks my best. Good. All right. Well, <laughs> okay. thank you, Dee. Okay. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right. The See you later. Quirky picks of the week here at KSL News Radio. The Movie Show. Abby Normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain? Into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You know, Steve, it just wouldn't be the movie show if we didn't have a little telephone torture. And since we were cut a little short today because of the press conference at nine o'clock, I think we ought to do it now. And here we go. Yeah, a little telephone torture. Steve, I'm thinking of a number. Two. Two. You've got it. And KSL Talk is the number for the tub of popcorn, the two drinks, and two tickets for you to go to the Megaplex Theater of your choice in two different states. So, here we go. Let's go to the phone line, find out who our first one and only pathetic loser is going to be. And hi, who's this? Hello? Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Well, we're doing fine, but we're not quite sure about you. Uh-oh. Because you're caller number one, the winner is going to be caller number two, which makes okay. you a... A loser. Yeah, Ty, that's it. I heard it. Yeah. Le who? We didn't get her Say name. Her. Say her. Yeah, we didn't even get her name. Oh, well. All right. The let's Tomb go. of the Unknown Losers. Let's go back to the phone line. And hi, who's this? Hello? 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 Let's go to yet another line. That finally person would have been the out. big wiener. I mean, yeah, we finally ran out of listeners. One poor person actually took I hope the, it's her. She calls yeah, me. Yeah, I hope it is, too. Hi, who's this? This is Steve. Steve. Steve, you are, a be, you are a big... Hello. 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 Hello, Steve. This is going well. You know, we have this problem with Steve's. There seems to be a little bit of a disconnect. You really want to keep on uh-huh, we do. Ride this pony? Are you hearing me now, Steve? I am hearing you now. Well, you're going to hear me say the magic word. You are a big... Wiener. Wiener. Of course you are. You've won fabulous prizes worth up to... Dollars. Dollars. Of course you have. Two tickets to the Megaplex Theater. You've won a tub of popcorn, two drinks, and Frank is going to make us all feel a little bit better about our one and only loser today. Ty, here we go. Here's to the loser. Here's to the loser. Here's to the loser. Here's to the Well, I, you know, he needs a little help every now and then, and I, I can sure step in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Another rousing rendition of Telephone Torture at KSL News Radio. Okay, Steve, tell us about Bell quickly. <laughs> yeah, Bell is an animated, Japanese animated film. A guy came out of retirement to make this movie. It is a mix of, well, her name is Bell, so you kind of get a Beauty and the Beast feel, but it also has like a um, Ready Player One because it's set in the internet. A girl who's very timid becomes a famous singer on the internet, and then this kid, the dragon. He has a really terrible home life. 
But in reality, in their real life, they are able to kind of come together and sort of fix some problems. It's a beautiful film. Uh, Bell is probably the, the best movie that, between that and the, uh, the the Bright Spark movie, those are the two best films I Where's saw. Where's it showing? Uh, it's in uh, a wide release. Uh, wide theaters release. all over the place. Okay, Bell. Oh. And quickly, Peacemaker. You're Peacemaker. Into that. Uh, I couldn't look myself in the mirror this morning after it is crude, it is crass. This is the same Suicide Squad dude. Right. He is a horrible person. <laughs> On every level, and yet I laughed my tail off to the first three episodes that they sent out yesterday. They'll be each Thursday coming un- until the day, a couple days after Valentine's Day, and I am so sorry, but... <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I liked Peacemaker. I wanted to hate this, okay. but I could not. All right. So... There you have it. Peacemaker, Bell, and uh, we reviewed Hotel Transylvania and Scream. And we really appreciate everybody listening today to the uh, abbreviated movie show. But most we appreciate, of course, the founder of our feast today, our friends at Minky Couture for hosting the movie show. We really do love hanging out with you guys. It's been a joy to watch this incredible company and this incredible product just go nuts. It is so much fun to see how much people love Minky Couture blankets. Oh, well, thank you, Doug. And thank you for being here with us today, coming and visiting us at our store. It's always so fun to have you guys come and we appreciate the, your support over the years and your you know, listener support in stores as well. So The stores are open until 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight and then tomorrow 10 to 8 p.m. And again, the code is DOUG50 for 50% off any full-priced items. And you can also order online. And again, as we mentioned, Correct. and do it now so there'll be plenty of time in a week. You can pick up the product mm-hmm. or whenever, you know, for Valentine's Day. But if you live outside of the immediate area, just go to minkycouture.com, make your order, put in the, the code, the code. Mm-hmm. and then arrange to have it uh, picked up at the store closest to you. Mm-hmm. Or you can have it shipped to your house. Yep. We, right. we try to cover all of your bases. We try to make it easy for you. <laughs> Perfect gift for Valentine's Day. And Lisa, thank you so much. Yes, thanks for being here. <laughs> Love hanging out with you. It is 12 o'clock noon here on The Movie Show. And that does it for the uh, program. Tonight, when you go home, please make sure that you hug the people you love. This is Utah's new news. We've made it to Friday. And right now in downtown Salt Lake City, it's chill. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.